Blog Talk Radio. And now, insurance-minded speeches from GEICO. Hardship. My grandmother would go through it every month to pay her insurance bill. First, she would handwrite a paper check, in cursive. Then, using her own tongue, she would wet a stamp for an envelope. Today, however, we need not weary our hands and tongues. Today, we can pay our GEICO bill with the GEICO app. Away with hardship. In with Bill Pay on the Geico app. Thank you. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. This is Johnny Tan, author of From My Mama's Kitchen, Food for the Soul, Recipes for Living. Welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio Show. My guest for this morning is Amy Newmark, the publisher and editor-in-chief for Chicken Soup for the Soul. Amy and I will be having a wonderful conversation about their latest release, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Step Outside Your Comfort Zone. 101 stories about trying new things, overcoming fears, and broadening your world. Good morning, Amy. Welcome to From My Mom's Kitchen Talk Radio. How are you doing this morning? I'm great. I'm enjoying the beginning of the Christmas season. Fantastic. I hope your Thanksgiving was a wonderful one. It was. My um, kids came with their spouses, and we went out, so I didn't have to cook this year, which I used to love cooking the dinner, but right now I'm... I'm in the kitchen cooking up my books, so it's better for me to spend the time cooking books than, than making the dinner. Fantastic, fantastic. It's always a pleasure to have you on air with me. I have to tell you, Step Outside Your Comfort Zone is a really fun read. The book serves as a great reminder that life is an adventure, so congratulations on its release. Well, thanks. I um I I made the book because I found that I personally have been more and more focused for the last 10 years Mm -hmm. on making sure that I step outside my comfort zone, you know, making sure that I don't let my life somehow become narrow. And so I'm always pushing myself to do those new things that maybe I'm a little afraid of or I'm not sure how they're going to work or whatever it Mm -hmm. is. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that our writers, even as we were – getting stories from them that they were submitting for other topics, they kept talking about this topic, about trying new things, forcing themselves to do adventures, you know, making a policy of saying yes. And so I thought, wow, we really should do another, we should do a book specifically on this topic because this seems Mm -hmm. to be something that is in the national conversation right now. Right, right. So true. Well, before we get started, let's talk about Chicken Soup celebrating Thanksgiving, obviously, this year. So what are the things that Chicken Soup are thankful for this year? Well, you know what I am constantly thankful for is the people who write our stories, because we would be nothing without all of these people who are so unselfish in sharing these personal revealing stories Because it's like they are introducing themselves to our readers and saying, hey, I went through this experience. Let me tell you about it. You know, I think when people are reading the books, they might feel like somebody's Mm -hmm. arm is around their shoulder saying, well, let me tell you about my experience. (laughs) And so I'm very thankful for all of those people who write the stories for us. And I um, constantly travel around the country actually having lunches and dinners with them to personally tell them how thankful I am 
for them because without all of those stories, chicken soup for the soul does not exist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. What I like about the book is that you guys decide to release it during this holiday season, and I feel like it's going to be a wonderful conversation piece, don't you think? Well, yeah. See, my feeling was this. It's an obvious book for right after Christmas as well because that's that time that's called New Year, New You, when people are, are thinking about the new year, making a fresh start, what should their resolution be, and stepping outside your comfort zone is a wonderful resolution which people can implement and be successful at from day one, unlike mm-hmm. you know cleaning up the house, quitting smoking, <laughs> um, getting more fit, losing 10 pounds, you know, the, the traditional stuff. But then I also think it's a great Christmas gift because what you're doing when you hand somebody this book is you're handing them the motivation to do something mm-hmm. new and mm-hmm. different. And they will be so proud of themselves when they do that because when you do step outside your comfort zone, you feel excited and you feel right, energized right, right, and, right. and you're empowered. And then you do more things and it's like pushing a reset button and bringing on a whole new personality, a personality of somebody who goes out and tries new things and sometimes likes them and sometimes doesn't, but it makes the whole world a more interesting place. And so I feel like giving somebody chicken soup for the mm-hmm. soul, step outside your comfort zone, is like you're giving them the gift of adventure. What I like also, chicken soup have always produced stories that sort of encourages others, like, you know, hey, I can do that. It's me too. I can do that. So this book certainly... It's in that category of like pushing someone who is on the edge, like, go do it. You'll enjoy it. Yeah, and the thing is that we have people in this book trying really, really big deal, scary things like, you know, skydiving. And then we have people doing something as simple as trying sushi. You know what? That day that you try that food that you thought you were going to hate, that day you try it and maybe you still hate it. Or maybe you end up liking it. But either way, you're proud of yourself for trying it. And so mm-hmm. even the tiniest little steps outside your comfort zone make a difference in how you feel about yourself. Right, right. So true. Can you share with us some of the various chapters that's covered in the book? Oh, sure. Um, the topics were so much fun and You know, I always make the chapters after I've picked out the 101 stories, and I Mm -hmm. let the stories tell me what the chapters should be. But listen to this list of chapters because, wow, these are just so motivating, just (laughs) listening to the the chapter titles themselves. So chapter one is called Just Say Yes, so that's really obvious. Chapter two is called Learn to Trust, and that's sometimes to step outside your comfort zone, you have to trust somebody. You have to trust a stranger, or you have to trust a piece of equipment that won't let you fall down in the climbing gym or whatever it is. And then chapter three is so important. It's called Connect with Someone. And so we have all these stories about people who stepped outside their comfort zone by saying hi to that woman who's always, you know, at the soccer game standing next to them, (laughs) or you know, saying hi to a homeless person mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, you know, making a new friend, whatever it is. But connecting right. with somebody was a very important theme in the book. And then another important theme is in Chapter 4, which is reinvent yourself. And, of course, that's very important because sometimes people are just stuck in a rut and, right. you know, they're in right. one job and they'd really like to be in another. Or they just want to 
change their clothes and become a different person because they change what they wear. And mm-hmm. they try on mm-hmm. one new kind of clothing, and all of a sudden they feel like a new person. Chapter 5, Face Your Fears. So this is for people doing the stuff like, you know, jumping out of an airplane, but it's also for people <laughs> who have, like, those everyday phobias, like people with agoraphobia who don't want to leave their homes. Right. Um, and so it's every kind of fear. Um, chapter 6, be, be Spontaneous. So that is, like, such a central theme of the book because so mm-hmm. often it's by being spontaneous that you actually – go and do that thing that you're afraid of because you just say yes and be, before you even have time to come up with an excuse and then you do it 10 minutes later and it's done. Right. And so that really works. And then chapter seven is about the value of travel and it's called go far away because so many people found travel to be transformative. Chapter mm-hmm. eight, really, really romantic. It's called find love and it's people who stepped outside their comfort zones and found love that way. Um, and I actually had so many great stories from people about finding love by stepping mm. outside their comfort zones that I put a new book on our schedule for uh, June 2018. It's going to be called Chicken Soup for the Soul, The Miracle of Love. So I was inspired Fantastic. by having so many great stories about finding love. And then Chapter 9 is called Take a Risk. And so it's people, you know, probably spontaneously just going for it. And what happened? It's all good. And then chapter 10, take back your life. So sometimes, you know, your life gets away from you and then you're leading a narrower and narrower life. And a phobia may be keeping you from doing things that will help you out. Like uh, one woman was afraid to drive on the highway and she used to drive on the highway and then something happened Mm -hmm. that caused her to be afraid to drive on the highway. She needed to take back her life by driving on the highway again. So it's stories like that. So. It's 101 stories, and it's so varied that there's really something for everybody to connect with in here. And I think it's a great gift for that reason, because if you give it to somebody, they'll probably find a dozen stories that really speak to them directly and motivate them to go and try something new. Which chapter topic did Chicken Soup receive the most submission? So definitely the, the finding love idea was big, which is why I made that second book. And then... I I think there were a lot of stories about being spontaneous and deciding to do something and doing it before you could change your mind. And in mm-hmm. fact, we had so many great stories submitted for this book that we've already put together the manuscript for a follow-on book uh, called Chicken Soup for the Soul, The Power of Yes. And that book is coming out in August 2018. So Fantastic. this book was amazing for me because we got two more yeah. book ideas out of it. And we already populated the Power of Yes book, because mm-hmm. we had something like 6,000 submissions for Holy this cow. Step Outside Your Comfort Zone book. Yeah, so we couldn't narrow it down to 101, so we narrowed it down to 202 <laughs> stories instead and made two books. Mm-hmm. Um, and then mm-hmm. on, like, subtopics, we did have a lot of stories from people who went snorkeling, people mm-hmm. who have a mm-hmm. fear of putting their face in the water or fear of just being in the water or fear, fear of sharks right. or whatever. So a lot of people who went snorkeling, a lot of people who went zip lining, a lot of people jumped out of airplanes. So, you know, so we had those classic stories, roller coasters, you know, mm-hmm. that's another mm-hmm. big fear and people are so proud of themselves when they actually go on one of those, right? Right. So, those right. are some of the major themes that we had. Fantastic. 
one of the things that I love what Chicken Soup did this time around, the cover of the book is just phenomenal. It's very attractive, and it just speaks to you and make you grab the book. So tell us a little bit about that. So we've really worked hard for the past, I would say, year and a half. We came up with a new design for our covers, and people really seem to like it. Like I was talking to our biggest distributor, and he was saying, it's great, keep doing this, we love these new covers. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, they are real works of art now, our covers, and really dynamic, and we're embossing them too. That's when you make the letters stick mm-hmm. out. But in the case of this book, we did something really cool. So when you see the book, um, well, as Johnny already has, but for those people who are listening, <laughs> you'll see you'll see that there's a person who's paragliding, and we embossed the paragl- the parachute itself so it's sticking out from the cover. And then the words step outside your comfort zone. I said to the graphic designer, I want them to look like Superman is zooming towards us. And so he did that. And so it's it's a really cool cover, and um, you know, I think covers help sell books. So I know I've mm-hmm. got great material inside here. I needed a fabulous cover so that these <laughs> books would would be spotted in the bookstores and go home with people. I really like the fact that you guys did a wonderful job as usual. From chapters to chapters, you all have the graphic arts. The only complaint I had was there's no box for ballroom dancing. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, so what I did was I just thought about some of the things that people talked about. I should have said ballroom dancing. You're right. So I made like a – we just made up this piece of art ourselves. It's a clipboard, and it has like a Mm -hmm. checklist, like Mm -hmm. try avocados. Okay, I I did that. Um, Mm -hmm. Go zip lining. I did that. (laughs) So we Mm -hmm. checked those. (laughs) And we have sign up for art class. That could have been ballroom dancing. Make a new friend. Mm -hmm. Run a 5K. Buy a bathing suit, because for a lot of women, buying a bathing suit and wearing it in front of people, that is stepping outside your comfort zone. Right. So, yeah, I tried to pick some themes that I thought were pretty relatable for everybody. What would you like for the readers to gain from reading this book? I think that they will come away from this book with some ideas for things to do. And they're going to be little Mm -hmm. things and they're going to be big things. So, I mean, it could be something as small as I'm going to go shop at a new grocery store that I haven't been to before because that forces you to, you know, find your way around. Get out of your comfort zone. Don't be so comfortable. Go to a new place. See what foods they have that maybe your other grocery store doesn't have. So I want people to come away from this book with some little goals like that and then some big goals. Like the next time I take my kids to the amusement park, I'm going on the roller coaster. I'm not just watching. And it's okay if you do that and you close your eyes the entire time and you never stop screaming (laughs) because that's how I ride a roller coaster. I don't ever Mm -hmm. open my eyes, but Mm -hmm. I still do it. Um, You can feel the sensation. That's what you want. Yeah, and that's enough for me. (laughs) I did that that about a year ago with our our associate publisher, Diet Corona, who's a really good friend. Mm -hmm. We were out in California uh, because I had just been on um, Hallmark's Home and Family we had mm-hmm. maybe an hour left at Universal Studios um, Amusement Park. And mm-hmm. so we decided we were going to go on every single ride, but we only had an hour. <laughs> and so, But it was one of those cases of being spontaneous. 
and just saying we're going to do it and then we didn't even have time to think about it and get scared and so we ran from one mm-hmm. ride to the next we went through the singles line so we could get on quickly and right. i just closed my eyes on every single ride the ones that were in the dark it didn't matter because i my eyes were closed on the ones that were outside too <laughs> But we did it, and we were so proud of ourselves. We were like, we're going to tell our husbands. We did all these scary rides. <laughs> well, one of the things, when you do it like that, your mind doesn't have time to think about and to talk you out of it, like you say, because it was yeah. spontaneous, and you just don't think about it. Just do it. Yeah, so maybe people will come away from reading the book with, like, a little to-do list. So maybe they'll have one <laughs> really little thing, like trying a new grocery store or trying a food they don't think they like give it another shot and then maybe they'll come up with another thing they could do that is just spontaneous like just say yes mm-hmm. and go and do it before you have time to think about it and then maybe a, another that's a kind of a bigger deal especially if they have a phobia about something you know mm-hmm. maybe you have a phobia about um bugs maybe mm-hmm. i'm about to suggest something that i should do okay so here's my phobia <laughs> i can't even I will not touch a magazine that has a picture of a bug on the cover. Like, I can't even touch the picture of the bug. Oh, really? That's ridiculous, okay. right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think my assignment is to get a, one of my husband's many National Geographics that has a bug on the cover <laughs> and touch the bug on the cover and just get over this, right? <laughs> so, like, That's there's right. a lot of different ways you can step outside your comfort zone, and no matter which way you choose, you mm-hmm. feel pretty good about yourself after you've done it. Well, you have a couple of stories in there that sort of like really set the stage, especially the first story. And how was that for you to really step out of your comfort zone yourself? What was the experience like? Oh, so that story, here's (laughs) what happened with that. We were going um, on vacation to Oman, which is this really beautiful country on the Persian Gulf, on the Arabian Peninsula. It's one of the safe countries to go to in the mm-hmm. Arab world, and we had, we actually reserved it for March of 2016, and and we only made the reservations three days before we went, and so mm-hmm. I had read on TripAdvisor that this, the way this resort is set up is that Oman has these big, craggy, like, sandstone mountains that then just plummet right down to the Persian Gulf, and there's a little strip of beach along the edge there. So this resort Mm -hmm. we were going to was on one of those beaches, but to get to the beach, there's three ways you can get there. You can take a speedboat from Dubai to this resort in Oman. You can be picked up at the airport in Dubai, drive two hours, Mm -hmm. and then at the end, get in like a four-wheel drive vehicle and go down this five-kilometer terrifying switchback road with no guardrails, and that's how you get down to the resort at the bottom of the cliff. Or, and TripAdvisor said the really cool people go this way, you can have the car bring you to the top of the cliff, and then you can paraglide down to the beach. Mm-hmm. So with I tried to do it spontaneously, right? So I three days before we're going to go, I called them up. I reserved the paragliding. We will be the cool people, and we will arrive mm-hmm. by paraglider. Mm-hmm. And I had this mental image of something like a hang glider. Well, mm-hmm. anyway, we're packing to go to Oman in March 2016, and we get a phone call from the resort that we've been rained out. We can't go. They've had mm-hmm. a massive rainstorm. They got a year's worth of rain in one day in mm-hmm. Dubai and Oman, and everything's closed. And so we had to reschedule our trip for eight months later. 
Well, I had to then sit and think about wow. this paragliding experience for eight months, so it went from being spontaneous <laughs> to being like a cloud hanging over me. So uh, we finally got there, though, and, and I'm still thinking, well, it's okay. It's like a big hang glider thing, you know, with a wing, mm-hmm, wings that mm-hmm, stick out. Mm-hmm. And that makes aerodynamic sense. And so we're at the top of the cliff, and the guy puts this harness on me, and they put a hard hat on my head. And I don't know why. Like, I mm-hmm. said, why do I need a helmet? I'm going off a 1,000-foot cliff. What difference does yeah. a helmet make? And yeah. I don't know what they told me the reason was for the helmet, because <laughs> in my mind they said to identify the body. You know? <laughs> but, but anyway, I, so the harness is on me. I'm, like, committed, and mm-hmm. I look behind me. It is not a hang glider. It's a parachute lying on the ground. It's just a mm. flimsy piece of fabric. Right. And I thought, oh, my God, I would never jump out of an airplane. I'm terrified right. of parachutes, but <laughs> I was about to be relying on a parachute. And then the guy says, it's really important that you run right off the cliff because it doesn't work if you don't keep running. So the only way to make the parachute fill with mm-hmm. air Right. It's to run off the cliff without stopping. But, of course, you don't know if the parachute is going to fill up with air right. until you've run off the cliff without stopping. And so that's why I called my story in the book, Run, <laughs> because that word run was emblazoned in my brain. And I ran off that cliff, and the mm-hmm. parachute filled with air, and I did it. But it was pretty terrifying, and I don't think I will ever do it again, but I'm glad that I did it. <laughs> Sounds terrific. I'm glad you did it. I mean, it's one okay, of those things. Okay, well, you go where... ahead and do it. You go do it now. You run off a cliff. Let me know what you think. <laughs> you know what? This you have the parachute. Those guys that kind of like open up like a bat. Have you seen that? They have this little bat suit. Oh, yeah. They literally yeah. glide down. Oh, my God. That would be like really, really cool. <laughs> Yeah, that but, that would be really terrifying because they have to depend on their arms sticking out and like being strong enough to handle right. the air currents, right? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Spread the legs and spread the arms. Amy, you just graduated to that though, so that will be your next on your little list to do. Oh well, I'll, I'll, that will have to be very <laughs> spontaneous. Like, that one I'll have to have only about fifteen seconds between saying yes and doing it. Because <laughs> if I thought about it, there's no way I'd do that one. That's funny. This really is. By the way, you're listening to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. Our podcasts are available on Apple's iTunes, Stitches Radio, Blueberry Podcasting, and TuneIn Radio. I'm Johnny Tan, your host, and my guest for this morning is Amy Newmark, the publisher and editor-in-chief for Chicken Soup for the Soul. We are having a wonderful conversation about their latest release, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Step Outside Your Comfort Zone, 101 Stories, about trying new things, overcoming fears, and broadening your world. Amy, what are some of the benefits in terms of stepping outside the comfort zone, and what do you think that people that are on the fringe of trying it, how would you push them over the top to say, just do it? What would you say? I would ask them to look within themselves and see if, their desire to just do what they were comfortable with was starting to narrow their lives. You know, I'd probably ask them some telling questions like, have you ever tried Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat? Mm -hmm. And if Mm -hmm. they say no, I'd say, well, why not? Try one of them. You know, be part of the conversation that's going on. If you don't keep trying new things, you start to step out of the world. The world is moving on and you're not part of it. 
So mm-hmm. I would ask people to really look within themselves and be honest with themselves about whether they're starting to step aside and the mm-hmm. world is mm-hmm. rushing by them. So let's say it's a river and you now you're standing on the shore, but everybody's rushing by you in the river. I'd say, let's get back in the river again. Let's start talking about some of the stories in the book. Chapter one, like you say, it's just fantastic. Just say yes. And you did that by just running off the cliff, which is hooray to you. (laughs) Yeah, really stupid, but I did it. (laughs) (laughs) There's a story in there that I thought was really cool. It's one of those things where you're trying to really connect as a family and also to help someone I don't want to give the story, which I want you to tell the story, which is kind of really cute. Yeah, Third Time's the Charm by Jody Renee Thomas. So I actually had her come on my podcast, the mm-hmm. Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast, to talk about this. And what a great way to get people in the spirit of things, because her mother had a rule when it came to food that you had to try something three times. So you had to try it once, and if you didn't like it, okay, you have to try it a second time. Still don't like it, you have to try it a third time. And so often, Jody found as a child that when she tried it the third time, well, she kind of liked it after all. And so her mother was helping her expand her world. Mm-hmm. Jody took it one step farther, and as an adult or even as a teenager, she decided she would try everything three times, not just foods, mm-hmm. but all activities. So she overcame her fear of diving into the swimming pool by trying it three times until she got mm-hmm. it right. And I thought Mm -hmm. that was such a great lesson, and that's why I put it early in the book, because I actually applied this lesson to myself. We just came back a couple of weeks ago from vacation, and we went to an island in the Caribbean, and they had burger Mm -hmm. night at the restaurant one night, and the burgers came with a local beer. And I hate beer, but I said, you know what, I'm going to try beer again because (laughs) I should try it once every 10 years. And so I tried it again, and... uh, Turns out I still hate beer, but at least I tried it. And I thought about Jody Renee Thomas. I mm-hmm. thought, I'm, it's not going to kill me to try beer again just to see if my opinion has changed. That's very interesting. I chose that story because it reminded me of, I don't eat vegetables. My mom couldn't make, uh, eat vegetables. <laughs> so my mom couldn't make me eat vegetables back in Malaysia. When I came to the United States, the only mom that was able to get me to eat my vegetable was my Southern Bell mom. She would allow me to put tons of butter on my cauliflower that she baked. I knew you were going to say butter. (laughs) (laughs) Douse everything in butter. You won't notice it's a vegetable. That's right. That's right. So anyway, so I thought it was really a cute story, and I wanted to just share that for the heck of it. It's just like, oh, okay, it reminded me. Third time's a champ. Uh Uh-uh, no way. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Chapter two, learn to trust. And this is another cute story as well. A Foothold in Life by Colin Arnold. So she did something that I actually did try also as part of my step outside your comfort zone, which is she tried one of those rock climbing walls. Yes. And and then she found that she was terrified and she got stuck up there. She managed to get up, but then going down is a lot harder because you're looking down and trying to get a foothold. And right. it's just... It's scarier going down than it is going up. And so she had to learn to trust her husband as he talked her down and he showed her how to focus on things in the view and not focus so much on where her feet were going to go or her hands. And it all worked out fine, but it was a it was a pretty dramatic experience for her. And she did a great job writing about it and made it a dramatic experience for us, the readers, as well. 
Right. I chose that story because that's that husband and wife, you know, like, uh-huh, I need to trust you to do this, to do that. <laughs> I thought it was, like, really cool. But I like the idea about the fact that this is something that, first, it's a personal challenge, and the next thing is the connectivity between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and connectivity is a big part of this book because a big part of people's comfort zone issues does have to do with their interactions with other people. I mean, right. being shy, being afraid to speak to somebody, thinking, oh, well, he doesn't really want to talk to me. you know. And then you'll have shy people standing right ne- next to each other, like kind of looking at each other but not speaking. Mm-hmm. And hopefully mm-hmm. this book will encourage them to speak to each other. And that's why Chapter 3, Connect with Someone, I thought was so important. And um, I know you love this story by Ruth Lehrer mm-hmm. called Elevator Challenge, but you probably don't know the following, that Ruth Lehrer's son mm-hmm. is the very, very famous radio personality, Brian Lehrer. So I was oh. really honored to meet Ruth. Yeah. Uh, a couple of years ago, I met her in person along with her husband, Arthur, and I'm a big fan of hers. Mm-hmm. And just as her son is this, you know, very, very famous radio personality with this show that um, originates in New York. It's a, more of a mm-hmm. political show. But mm-hmm. Ruth herself has the gift of gab. And so what she talked about <laughs> in her story was she and her husband moved into a big apartment building in Queens, which is part of New York City. And they had always lived in a house. And so all of a sudden they're taking the elevator you know, multiple times a day to get mm-hmm. to and from their apartment. And and she said it was like being in an office building. Nobody would talk to each other in the elevator. And it just didn't feel like the way you should behave in the place where you live versus, mm-hmm. you know, an elevator at in an office building. And so she finally got up her courage and she started chatting with people in the elevator. And it transformed this huge building. And after mm-hmm. a while, she had actually created uh, like a, a discussion group among the residents and there were mm-hmm. regular social events occurring and it was all because she started engaging with her neighbors in the mm-hmm. elevator by chatting a little bit with them. So I thought that was very inspirational for all of us, reminding mm-hmm. us to reach out to people and the benefits of doing so. Right. I tend to be very quiet myself. I'm very reserved. If you engage me, then yes, I can gap and gap away. But the other thing what I like about that story is the fact that it just gives someone the opportunity when you talk about stepping out of your comfort zone. That's something easy to do in terms of just saying hello to someone, how you're doing, or just sending a smile towards someone. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, I um, I think that anybody who reads this book is going to go out and connect with somebody and they might not even realize it was the book that motivated them to do it but I bet everybody who reads this book comes away with at least one new human connection that gets made in the next week or so after they finish the book yeah it just fires you up from inside out and that's what it's all about be able to connect with other people like you were talking about doing something small take a small step at a time and this certainly helps yeah and I think we all need that reminder that even shy people can do that and so Mm -hmm. um I I actually think I was affected by that because I went to this women's like discussion group thing mm-hmm. several weeks ago and it seemed like all the women who were there were there with somebody mm-hmm. you know with a friend they brought a friend along and I was there by myself 
and I walked in late and everybody was already standing around chatting and I felt like I was the only one there by myself and I just yeah. started going up and talking to people and it worked out just fine. And and I was it was eye opening and I think I did it because I'd been influenced by all the stories in this book about people just plowing right through that uncomfortable feeling and actually talking to people. Terrific. Chapter four, reinventing yourself. Books to Barbells by Mary Jane Mitchell. I thought this is a really cool story. Yeah, a 46-year-old librarian becomes a female bodybuilder, posing almost naked in front of judges and the audience in you know a little bodybuilder mm-hmm. nylon outfit. Um, it was pretty incredible. And she said she had always been fit, but right. still... This was a whole new level of fitness. Um, I, you know, what I thought was funny is that she had to yeah. go on this special, very healthy diet, so her husband right. did it with her in solidarity. And of course, he lost 10 pounds, which is mm-hmm. why we're all, we're all kind of upset with our husbands at all times because <laughs> if we even say the word diet, they lose 10 pounds, and we you know, starve ourselves and lose three. But so I thought it was funny that for her the same thing happened. But anyway, it's pretty incredible that she did this from librarian to female bodybuilder, you know, mm-hmm. participating mm-hmm. in a bodybuilder contest. I was amazed. It's not something that I would do, but it's just amazing to me she did it. And she says that it taught her that she's stronger than any challenges that any day might bring to her. It is. The reason why I chose that story was because this is something literally reinventing yourself. I mean, being at 46 years old, to get to that competitive level, you have to have a tremendous different kind of mindset to put you into such an extreme discipline. And she did that. That was really amazing. It was amazing. People are really capable of doing things they didn't imagine they could do. Mm-hmm. And I know that's why you loved the next chapter called Face Your Fears, because this is where yes. people yes. discover what they're capable of and um, you picked a story called Mother Courage by L.A. Mm-hmm. Struck. So I've had the pleasure of meeting her also. It's really fun. I'm really starting to know a lot of the people mm-hmm. who write for us, even though they're scattered all over the country. And what mm-hmm. I loved about Lori's story is that she did that mother thing. She overcame a fear because she wanted to protect her child. And so she overcame her fear of flying in order to visit her daughter who had moved out to L.A. and was going to be all alone on her birthday. And so Lori got over her fear and she did it. And I thought that was great because, see, that's one of those everyday fears that people sometimes have and they don't tell anybody and they just Mm -hmm. never go anywhere. And, in -hmm. fact, they're afraid of flying. And overcoming that really opened up the world to Lori. I chose that story because... To this day, my sister is afraid of flying, so I have to fly home to Malaysia to visit her. <laughs> yeah, and her life would be a lot more interesting if she could get over her fear of flying. But it's the kind of thing where you don't even have to really tell anybody. You just quietly don't ever fly anywhere. Yeah, I love my sister. She doesn't drive, so her kids bring her around, her husband brings her around, and her friends come pick her up. <laughs> so um, she doesn't does she drive. read English? Does she yes. read English? Oh, yeah, she, she works. I mean, well, she's retired now. She works 
for the hospital. She was fortunate when I was home. This is how interesting it was. She's six years older than I am. So when I was home, as soon as I got my motorcycle at 15, I was taking her to work daily. And people misunderstood me for her boyfriend. And it wasn't <laughs> until funny. I left Malaysia to come to the United States to go to college when people thought that the guys, they were afraid to approach her because they thought she's already taken, right? So they would ask her friends, what happened to Rosalind's boyfriend? Did they break up? And all these ladies were saying, that's her brother. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how the story went. So it's really, really funny. That's why I chose that story. I like that. That's good. Um, and I was really happy to get that story from Lori. Anyway, chapter six. <laughs> This is what you talk about being spontaneous. I love this story, Humbling Experience by Kim Tendlin Fanet. Yeah, that, I talked about this one on my podcast. Also, you're just mm-hmm. picking a lot of my favorite stories. <laughs> um, so this was a great example of making a human connection, but also how spontaneity was the only way it could work for her. So Kim was in Salt Lake City as a tourist. She's actually from Canada. And she um, walked into, you know, one of the church buildings there because she wanted to see it, but she was too early, and so it was locked. But you know how you can walk into a vestibule, you open the first set of mm-hmm. doors, and then mm-hmm. you're kind mm-hmm. of inside, but you, then she couldn't open the second set of doors. Well, there was a homeless man lying in that vestibule asleep, and so he woke up when he saw her, and she scurried away, and... Then the man came out, and he asked her if she could possibly buy him breakfast. Well, she thought about the fact that she had heard about this pastor who was walking around downtown Toronto one day, and he did an experiment. He handed out change to everyone who asked him. And at the end of the day, he counted how much money he had shared with the needy. It was less than $10. Mm -hmm. And he had actually Mm -hmm. said yes to everybody who asked him. So she thought about that. She thought, I am going to give this guy breakfast. But she didn't have any cash with her. Mm -hmm. Um, And so she, but she had a McDonald's gift card. So she said, how about if I take you to McDonald's? So she took him to McDonald's and he said, well, you might as well sit with me because the church isn't going to open for an hour. So you you have to kill an hour anyway. Why don't you sit Mm -hmm. with me and have some coffee? So she sat with him, and then she started talking to him, and she realized he wasn't some vagabond who was irresponsible Mm -hmm. or a substance Mm -hmm. abuser. He was just a guy who went through the ups and downs of life like anybody else and was in a down period where he -hmm. had lost his job and he had just lost everything. And so many people live on the edge, you know, from paycheck to Mm -hmm. paycheck, that you could go from being what you would call a responsible citizen, you know, paying your own way. You could go from Mm -hmm. that the homeless very quickly if you didn't have any savings. Right. Well, it turned out he was a very learned man and a wonderful conversationalist and knew everything about Salt Lake City, and he ended up giving her a guided tour of Salt Lake City for the whole rest of the day. And it was such an eye-opening experience for her to mm-hmm. you know, be hosted by this homeless man for the rest of the day. So I thought that was a great story about how you can make a human connection by reaching out that way. And um, the huge benefit that came to her from having done Mm so. It's a beautiful story. I love it. It's just something that sometimes, again, it's the humbling experience side of the equation. It's like you were talking about, come to find out, we all tend to sometimes judge people and 
until we connect with them and start talking with them. And then you realize, like, wow, this person is different than what we think they are. Yeah, exactly. That was a big part of this book was people reaching out and connecting with somebody and finding out that they were not at all the way they thought they were going to be. So true. You're listening to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. Our podcasts are available on Apple's iTunes, Stitches Radio, Blueberry Podcasting, and TuneIn Radio. My guest is Amy Newmark, the publisher and editor-in-chief for Chicken Soup for the Soul. We're having a wonderful conversation about their latest release, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Step Outside Your Comfort Zone, 101 stories about trying new things, overcoming fear, and broadening your world. I'm your host, Johnny Tan. Amy, Chapter 7 is another terrific chapter, Go Far Away, The Gift of Getting Uncomfortable by Brittany Salzberg. That's a beautiful story. Tell us a little bit about it. You know what's funny is you, you really keep picking the stories that I'm talking about anyway. <laughs> <laughs> because I was on uh, Good Morning Connecticut on ABC mm-hmm. uh, last week, and mm-hmm. I was in New Haven, Connecticut, and Brittany's from East Haven, Connecticut. So I talked about her story mm-hmm. on that morning news show. Brittany was living in New York, and she and her husband decided that their life was getting way too comfortable and they decided to chuck it all and travel for six months. And they traveled primarily in third world countries in the Middle East and Africa. And so, you know, she was in places where there was limited electricity, if any. There were, you know, toilets. The, the toilets in that part of the world are holes in the ground that you squat over. There were showers with no hot water. She had to eat whatever food was available. And, in fact, she opens her story talking about being deep in the desert of Oman, which I thought was a funny coincidence because my (laughs) paragliding story also occurred in Oman. (laughs) Uh, But she talked about how her eyes were opened to the the truly devastating living situations that so many people in the world have. And it really showed her how blessed she was to live in the United States. And she also saw amazing the amazing spirit of volunteerism and caring for each other in these countries where these people had nothing but she said that she saw the spirit of community being so vibrant and village members Mm -hmm. looking out for one another and pitching in to help other families the responsibility that neighbors felt to one another and she just realized that people are the same everywhere in terms of their Mm -hmm. concerns you know she sat around a campfire with people from all over the world and they were talking about the things that everybody talks about, like I'd like to have a child one day, but I'm nervous about it, and all of these different human emotions everybody shared. It was just an incredible story about what she learned about people during this six-month adventure that she Mm -hmm. went on. Mm -hmm. This story, it talks about we as people on this earth. What are we looking for? In the end, we're looking for happiness. That's our goal. We want to be blessed, and we want to live an abundant life. Depending on where you are in this world, you don't miss things that you don't have. So sometimes it can be very simple, and yet you're happy. A simple thing that you get in life, that's something blessful that happened to you. And if you have something extra, that's how you consider you live an abundant life. So it's a beautiful story that kind of really connects us to whereby sometimes we complain about things in life, and then until we have an opportunity to kind of see how others live, 
we don't really appreciate what we have. Yes, I've traveled all over the third world, and it's made me so much more appreciative of things that people take for granted here, like running water. And you have a wonderful story, by the way, when you were in Brazil. So tell us a little bit about that. Oh, yeah, I have another story in the book, and it's about one of the first times I stepped outside my comfort zone when I was 20, and I went and spent a few months in Brazil doing research for my thesis, and I was in the northeast of Brazil, which is a very poor area, and um, they had never seen anybody there with blonde hair and blue eyes. And I, my hair was really blonde and down to my waist. And they, I mean, I remember walking into one little town, and most of the people there were of Indian descent, and mm-hmm. they were just, there were like 50 women and children standing around me, in a circle and I was in the middle of the circle and they were just standing there and staring at me and giggling. I was just such an oddity to them. And then, <laughs> you know, one of them would like run out of the crowd, run over to me, like touch my hair, look at my blue eyes and then giggle and then run back into the crowd again. It was so mm-hmm. weird. And I remember I would walk like two steps forward just to see what would happen. And the whole blob, the circle would move <laughs> with me. And then I moved two steps back, and the blob moved with me again. I thought, I'm like the Pied Piper or something here. This is so weird. So it was a really strange kind of surreal experience traveling around the interior of Brazil. And, oh, I was in, like, you know, $5-a-night hotels where mm-hmm. the, you know, the bugs, I don't even think you could call them cockroaches, but, like, the biggest nightmarish bug you could think of, like so big it really should have had a leash on it. You know, that would be like in the shower, <laughs> two inches away from my face. Right, um, right. It was, it was, it actually gave me an inner reservoir of strength that I have been really still calling on for 40 years. Mm-hmm. Because if you can do that when you're 20, it shows yeah. you that you can do a lot of things. And so it was a really strange experience, probably very dangerous, and I shouldn't have done it. I mean, this was way before cell phones or yeah, anybody knowing yeah. anything about where I was. But I did it, and it helped create the adult that I became. Fantastic. It's such a lasting impression. And obviously, when you were in it, you didn't realize that, and it just somehow it contributed to who you are today. And that's beautiful. Yeah, and you went through the same thing when you came over to the United States all by yourself as a yeah. college student. Yeah. You know, same yeah. same kind of age, same kind of scary experience, but it made you right. a much stronger person. Right. Certainly. Certainly did. Chapter 8, Find Love. I know you love this chapter. The story that I like is Family Day by Heidi Allen. So this story is actually not about finding romantic love. This is about family love. And mm-hmm. Heidi Allen is actually a big TV producer up in Canada and a really interesting person. And so she wrote about this incredible thing that she did. When she was um, young, she interned at a place that took care of um, people with mental and physical disabilities. And she really fell in love with this guy named Terry, who was 38 years old. He had Down syndrome. And you know, she was just a college student, and he hadn't grown up in this facility, but he had moved there after they passed away. Well, she formed this bond with him, and then 
when she was leaving this position and, you know, graduated from college and she was going to become a mother, she realized, wait, I don't want to leave Terry. I don't Mm -hmm. want to leave him behind. And he had been raised by his parents. And she came up with this crazy idea. There she was, this young woman, and she was going to adopt um, this man who was now 40. So she Mm -hmm. adopted a 40-year-old. She's pregnant with a baby. She adopts a 40-year-old man and moves him into her house. And then she basically raised him along with her baby. And and actually, Terry improved a lot because as she was teaching her child, you know, all the skills, walking, talking, all of that, Terry learned a lot of these things as well and became more capable than he had been. And eventually her little son viewed Terry just as his big brother and her little son would tell people he had a 45-year-old brother, and they'd say, but you're five years old. You can't have a 45-year-old brother. <laughs> said, yeah, I do. I do. And so I thought that was a lovely story and, yes. of course, a really cool way of looking at family as well because family is what you decide that it is. So true. And I chose that story simply because of that, because I thought that it's a very unique commitment. That's a commitment of a lifetime when you make that kind of decision. Don't get me wrong, when you do find true love, it's a commitment of a lifetime, but this is truly a commitment of a lifetime. Yeah, and it it was really a beautiful thing that she did, but she was so glad that she did it. It enriched the life of her family so much. I mean, Mm -hmm. I don't think that she would ever think that she was the one who gave. I think she believes she's the one who received. Precisely, precisely. It's just a beautiful story. Well, chapter 9, Take a Risk, The Moonlit Kayak by Martha Oppenheimer. This is a cute one. I laughed so hard reading this story <laughs> by Martha Oppenheimer because, okay, I mean, I think women and men too can mm-hmm. can really relate to this one. She was on her first date with this really handsome doctor, and he seemed kind of sporty. And so she really wasn't an athlete at all, but she decided to suggest to him that they go, Moonlit kayaking, so nighttime kayaking. And she had to go and buy some, you know, sporty kind of outfit. You know, you know what the runners mm-hmm. wear or the sport, you know, the colorful nylon gear. Mm-hmm. And she got mm-hmm. a pair of Crocs. And anyway, they go, get to the kayaking place. And the first thing they hear from the kayaking leader is the kayaks are more likely to tip over if somebody tall is in them. Well, the guy she was on the date with was six foot five. So now she knew she was in trouble. Anyway, he starts horsing around. Their kayak tips over. And meanwhile, prior to the kayak tipping over, they had stopped at a certain point and everybody got out of their kayaks. And then when they got back into their kayaks, somebody took her kayak. And so she got stuck with a different kayak And the Mm -hmm. life vest that had been left for her, tiny compared to the one that would actually fit her. So now she's in the water in a tiny little life vest that is like around her neck but really isn't doing much for her. And she just said the funniest things. Like she starts like panicking and just talking, 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 talking to her date And she said things like, you know, this vest obviously belongs to a girl who does not eat and has no breasts. I could not hook it over mine because I love donuts. You know, and she was just so funny. And then the guy had to, like, push her, like, 
put his hands on her butt and push her back into the kayak, which was very embarrassing for her. So I just thought it was a very funny look at a woman who took a risk on this first date and how everything went wrong. <laughs> it's a cute story, and I thought that these are the kind of things that sometimes we just need to do. And now, I'm sure in the moment, it's not funny, but when you look back in life and you say, hey, this is a really nice, wonderful thing that I did, and it's fun, and it's funny. <laughs> it made me laugh. So she made one editor-in-chief laugh out loud. <laughs> <laughs> Chapter 10, Take Back Your Life, From Restriction to Open Space, I Love This Story, by Yashika Smith. Yeah, so this is stepping outside your comfort zone in a way that mm -hmm. never occurred to me. And this is what I love about Chicken Soup mm -hmm. for the Soul books, because we introduce people to people they don't ordinarily meet. So Yashika Smith was living on public assistance, you know, in a public housing project where everything was paid for. But she went and she got a job. And with this job, she was going to be barely able to get out of the public assistance system, but she could get out of it. But it was really scary because once she got out of it, she was on her own. She had to pay rent. She had to buy food. She had to pay the electricity bill. She had all these things she had to pay for. So imagine how terrifying that was for this mother with kids, and now she's taking this huge risk and moving into the world of people who work and pay for their bills out of the unpleasant but comfortable world for her because it was what she was accustomed to, the public assistance world. And so she talked about all the fears that she had to get over and how she went ahead and did it, and now she's actually helping other people climb out of that hole, which is poverty. Mm -hmm. um, she says poverty is a hole that consumes everything it touches. It's too deep to climb out of alone, and it's comfortable enough to cradle us until we leave this earth. We have mm -hmm. to want out, but the door is heavy. And she talks about how she's dedicated to helping other people get off public assistance and, you know, get jobs and pay pay their own way. Uh, so I thought that was interesting because we don't normally get that kind of viewpoint, and I appreciated her sharing that story. Me too. I thought it was a very powerful story in the sense that sometimes no matter where we are at in life, we get comfortable. And then when something happened, then it's like, wow, do we want to leave or we don't want to leave? And then that push forward allows us to spread our wings in a way and the authentic you comes out so to speak and now it feels different and the fact that she's doing something positive with her life and helping others that was just beautiful I thought yeah it really was so what are some of your favorite stories well there's one that I was talking about on the podcast a few weeks mm -hmm. ago it's called The Challenge. It's story number five. It's by Monica Cardiff. Mm -hmm. And I thought this was like a great thing for people who are saying, okay, so tell me what to do. I need, I need a suggestion. Give me my assignment. So here's an assignment that Monica reported on. She was in a group of women who were empty nesters. And at their group, they had a, a leader, and she said to them one day, I'm going to issue a challenge to you. I want you all to say nothing negative or critical about your husbands 
and I want you to say yes to anything that your husband suggests doing. And so Monica thought, all right, I guess I'm going to try it. Um, mm-hmm. They were all kind of skeptical about it, but decided to try it. And so the, that very night she gets home and her husband says, why don't we eat outside? Because this was in still like late summer, I guess. And mm-hmm. so the first thing she thought of was, oh, if we eat outside, I have to go clean off the patio table, and then I'm going to have to bring everything outside and then bring it all back inside, and maybe it will be buggy, and maybe the setting sun will glare into my eyes. But she remembered the challenge, so she said, okay. Mm-hmm. And her husband was really surprised she said okay because he was accustomed to her saying no to everything. <laughs> and so they ate outside and it was really fun. They saw like a little bird hopping around that they could watch and they could mm-hmm. hear the Canadian geese on the pond in the distance and they could smell like some beautiful flower scent from their garden. Mm-hmm. And it was really, really nice. And then a couple of days later, her husband suggested that they go and see a certain movie that she did not want to see because it was probably a movie, you know, with <laughs> missiles being launched and things blowing up and women only like, you know, things blowing up in movies if they're relationships, right? So anyway, she went to the movie with him because of the challenge and she said it wasn't that bad, but the important thing was how much he appreciated the fact that she had said yes. So yeah. then a few days later, she wanted to go jogging, but it looked like it was going to rain and he didn't really want to go, but because she had said yes to the movie, He said yes to the jogging, and they went jogging together, and it did rain, and they got really wet, but they were laughing so hard about getting Mm -hmm. sopping wet that they just had a great time. And so when the month was up, all the ladies got back together and reported on what it had been like saying yes for a month, and they all said it was great, and they all resolved to keep doing it. So I thought that was a wonderful story. It was just beautiful in the sense that it's something easy, and then, of course, when you do it as a group, you have check and balances, I guess. You know, you have people to motivate you to stick with the program, <laughs> try to experience something new and different. It is great to tell people you're going to do it because then you have what's called an accountability partner. Right, and that is, right. it's really nice to say to somebody, I'm going to do the following. Um, right. And so, yeah, that works for me. Although some people say, no, I'm better off not telling anybody. Like, I know people who have given up smoking. I knew this guy who gave up smoking, and his wife didn't notice for a few months that he had stopped smoking. Mm-hmm. And he he hadn't told anybody because he just wanted it to be private, and he didn't want the fear of failure to be hanging over him. And so he just <laughs> went and did it. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, what else do Chicken Soup for the Soul have? as product-wise, for the holiday season? Well, we have another um, really fabulous Christmas book uh, called A Book of Christmas Miracles. I know you and I will probably talk about that next month. And um, we have dog treats. We came out with these last year, and they're so much fun as stocking stuffers for dogs. There's all different flavors. They're very healthy um, you know, we use, they're made in the USA, you know, very high, high quality. Um, so, so those are some things that I would recommend, you know, some of our other books, some those dog treats are really fun for our canine family members. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you sent me something that is not a chicken soup for the soul product, but while we're talking about <laughs> products, so I didn't even know that you had these, 
but I will. You don't even talk about these, but I will talk about these I know. for you. <laughs> yeah, I know you're so bashful, but Johnny has this line of really beautiful, inspirational signs, and so like you can go on Amazon and see them. And it's from my mama's kitchen, which is the name of his company, and so he sent us this really cool wood sign. It, it looks like a like an old kitchen cupboard door, something like that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it, it has, um, it says on it, smiling sows happiness, gratitude cultivates blessings, and generosity reaps abundance. And it's done, it's really cool graphically. It's really, really pretty. And um, and he's got all these different signs. And so I'm going to tell everybody for you, these are really <laughs> nice signs for people who care about spreading inspirational messages. From my mama's kitchen, signs, and they're on Amazon. Thank you so much. They are beautiful, and I'm glad that you like it. I do. I think it's really pretty. I love the way that you took, you like repurposed an old door, you know, and turned mm-hmm. it into a sign. I think that's very cool. Thanks, Amy, for promoting inspirational signs by From My Mama's Kitchen. I really appreciate it very much. They are only available on Amazon. These engaging inspirational quotes make beautiful gifts that speaks volumes and leave lasting impressions for the holiday season and year-round as well. My mission is to deliver powerful, engaging words as recipes for living to enrich humanity. The signs are handmade in America using 100% premium quality North American wood. They are creatively designed to complement any decor. So please go to Amazon.com and search for inspirational signs by From My Mama's Kitchen and give your loved ones an inspirational gift that lasts a lifetime. Thanks. Thank you again, Amy, for promoting Inspirational Science by From My Mama's Kitchen. By the way, since we're coming towards the end of the hour, what recipes for living would you like to share with our listeners this morning? Well, I, there's a bunch of really great ideas that came out of this Step Outside Your Comfort Zone book. and So mm-hmm. I came up with five ways that you could energize your life by trying new things. So one of them is to learn to trust the experts. Like when that guy told me to run off the cliff, I had to trust an expert (laughs) that it would work. And if you don't trust people, you sometimes won't do these new scary things. Uh, Another really important, you know, piece of the recipe for life is to reach out and connect with people, the way Ruth Lehrer did in the elevator. And then another, another theme for me is don't be afraid to reinvent yourself. I know I've done it. You've done it. If you don't like where you are now, then create a new persona and be that new person. And so, you know, we have plenty of stories about that in the book, but it's you can do it. You can start a new mm-hmm. career at age 50. Um, mm-hmm. The fourth recipe for life is be spontaneous. We've talked about that a lot. And then the fifth is to overcome your fears and take back your life. So I'm going to go touch a National Geographic cover with bugs on it. Uh, Somebody else, you know, got back into highway driving. Everybody Mm -hmm. overcomes their phobias different ways. But you do take back your life when you overcome some of those fears. And sometimes you can't over, you know, there's some fears that you're just born with. Like I'm claustrophobic. I don't think I can overcome that. But I certainly could overcome my fear of a bug on the cover of a magazine, right? Right. (laughs) That's wonderful. Well, Amy, thank you so much for all the wonderful recipes for living and for spending this hour with me on From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. Have a wonderful, wonderful, blessed day.
Thank you so much, Johnny. Merry Christmas to everybody. To all our listeners, please join me in two weeks on Tuesday morning, December 12th. My guest will be Reverend Carol Richardson. She holds a master's degree in divinity, a master's degree in public health, and is a spiritual scientist who has experienced mystical visions through her 20 years of practicing Raja Yoga meditation. Reverend Carol and I will be having a conversation about her life's journey and her latest book, Truth and Illusion, The Politics of Spirituality and How One's Person's Lie is Another One's Truth. For additional information about this show and future shows, please go to fmmktalkradio.com. Thank you for listening and have a blessed week. Bye-bye. Okay, keep your eyes closed. Okay. I want to show you my first ever painting. Ooh, all right. Okay. Open your eyes. Oh, that's a lot of colors mm-hmm. <laughs> and shapes. So be honest. What do you think? Well, uh, I like how if you switch to Geico, you could save hundreds of dollars on car insurance. Oh, yeah, that's that's true. Yeah. Here, why don't I hold your paintbrush while you call them? Geico, because saving 15% or more on car insurance is always a great answer.